0: Hello and welcome back to Studio GT in Arlington, Washington. This is The Dirty Cultivator. This show is a farm and garden show by farmers and for people who love organic farms, local living, sustainable living, and other current events. More importantly, this podcast is a place for the organic farmers to be heard and promote the consumption and importance of more locally grown food. I am Farmer Lovejoy, The Dirty Cultivator, and your personal connection to the local farm and garden scene.
1: Hey, hey, this is Carrie Kay. I hope you're all doing well today.
0: And Uncle Jesse, of course, is here running the show, keeping us on time and in line and uh, editing out all the bloopers. Or keeping them, or necessary. Or yes. keeping them, I guess. So thanks for that one, Jesse, making us look like professionals out there. It was <laughs> a good one. Today, it was a good one. It was That was good. So check oh, out well, number 27. Oh, 27. This is episode yeah, 28, yeah. so uh, keep mm. up.
1: Yeah, and f- this time, episode 28, We are going to welcome Andrew and Misha into the studio from Bright-Eyed Acres in Snohomish. Hi, guys.
0: Hello, hello. (laughs) Thanks for driving all the way up to the studio to visit today.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks for having us.
0: Awesome. So you guys are awesome farmers, and you have a farm named Bright-Eyed Acres, right?
2: We do. Tell us about
0: that farm a little bit.
2: Well, we are in South Snohomish in the Clearview area down in the River Valley, And we are raising animals for meat this year.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I'm so excited because this is our real official first meat farmer. It is. In the studio. And I know we have a lot of meat uh, farmer um, listeners out there. And so I'm kind of like hoping that you guys can kind of shed light and be a little more informative for them because our show is a lot about vegetables a lot of the time, of course. And, And there's a whole other side of food production and sustainable food production, and that's meat. So, and I eat meat every day. So,
1: it's going to be nice to mix it up a little bit. Thank you guys so much for coming today.
0: Time to get into our market report for sure. Uh, new market hours. You know, like I said, we're open nine to six every day. So, those late time commuters can still get into the farm stand. And everybody likes waking up early to get to work. So,
1: yeah, but we're still closed Mondays.
0: Still closed Mondays. So, don't come on Mondays. We will be closed. Uh, I, I'm kind of stoked. I mean, this week, Lake Forest Park Farmers Market starts. So, Boom, yeah. just like that. Boom. I had my 24-week off-season, and now I'm back on to my 24-week on-season. There goes. Starting this Sunday. We're just doing that one farmer's market, so all of my best stuff every week will make it to the only one farmer's market.
1: It's good for you that you're only doing one, though.
0: You can it's focus. It's going to be good for me. I'm going to it's be going riding to be my bike a lot more, taking more time off, enjoying the family. Being focusing less,
1: on your customers.
0: Focusing on customers that are visiting us at the store. Uh, practicing my sales techniques at the store. Um, and out Park. This Florida's stuff sells Park. itself, really. I mean it, it does sell itself, but with a mastery of the craft of sales, I have learned that I can help my customers find what they need easier. Mm. And it's less pressure for me because I know I'm just helping them. Nice.
3: Have you ever done any like I'm master not sales, sales or anything? Then. Have you done like sales classes?
0: I've never taught any classes yet, but yeah. I am listening to a lot of <laughs> other podcasts about sales.
1: Some TED talks. Have you tuned into some TED I've, talks?
0: I've been tuning into a, uh, a sales podcast called uh, Sales Babble, which I find fun and entertaining. Hmm. You know, and I have have bought a couple other audiobooks to improve the my craft. I guess. Yeah. Since oh, nice. I am selling.
1: Yeah. As a so not fan. only a gardener and a grower.
0: A farmer is a master of all trades
3: in
1: there a way. There you go.
3: The dirty sure. cultivator is really, he's a renaissance man.
1: There we go. A
0: renaissance farmer. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: I like it. What
0: else like is happening?
3: Too. Oh,
0: well, what else is happening? You know, uh, we're getting the the crops are basically up to size for market. I'm looking really forward to uh, selling lots of vegetable transplants at the farmer's market and at the farm here, of course. Uh, We have lots of mixed greens for sale, fresh out of the greenhouses. We also have some peas and asparagus in limited quantities that I'm going to be bringing out for the very first farmer's market only Mm -hmm. on Sunday.
1: Those have been pretty popular.
0: Yes, they have been here at the farm stand. Uh, Japanese turnips are looking really, really nice. So I'm excited about those. Lots of radishes, too, to go with those. We have the French breakfast radish that finished off earlier this year. My favorite. That's a good one. You know, good cooked or good raw. And, uh... Lots of kales. All my kales are up to size. Very little bug pressure this year. I, you know, I'm learning a lot every year, and, uh, and I'm learning what the market wants like early, and I think that kale is it. Nice. Also, got head lettuce. That's going to be really good, and Napa cabbages, and a few kohlrabis I'm going to be breaking out already at the very first farmer's market. That's early May kohlrabi. If uh, you're doing your crop charts out there, these are going to be ready to eat. And uh, and lots of cilantro. So if you're looking for some good energy food, cilantro is it.
1: Awesome. That's so great. So you know what I want to know, Mark? My rule of thumb has always been that I don't put my tomatoes out until Mother's Day weekend. So is it really safe to put tomatoes out now?
0: I think it is safe to put tomato plants out now. Okay. So officially, I mean, we've talked about this for quite a few episodes now, but now is officially the time where it's safe to, you want to get your tomato plant and you want to get it planted. And you want to get into Garden Treasures and get those tomato starts a little bit early because uh, we're going to be selling out on some of the varieties. We have full selection out right now, but some plants, we might only have 20 plants of that Yeah, variety, the
1: Romas so. have been going really have fast. They? Good, yep. good. I've yep. been
0: worried about that. And uh, we have another one called Amish Paste, which is going to be the replacement for Roma when we sell that, when we sell out aromas, Because another, it's a similar
1: type of tomato, right? Another good sauce right?
0: tomato, right on dry, and that'll be, that'll be really good. Uh, but, you know, like, what are you guys doing, Bright-Eyed?
4: I mean, are you getting ready for market season? Are you selling in farmer's markets already? Yeah, so uh, we're scaling up this year. So nice. I've been building a lot of new pens, a lot of new uh, spaces to house animals. And then we're a pasture-based system, so I'm constantly kind of rotating and moving animals.
2: He's asking about the farmer's market.
4: Yeah, we are asking about the farmers market. So, <laughs> we'll so you're going to gonna we'll need a place to, to unload most of that.
2: Yeah, we're going to be product, doing the right? Edmonds farmers market this year. Um, cool. We we didn't get full dates picked because we kind of joined a little bit late. So we okay. have eight dates right now, but we start June 20th and we'll have chickens and hopefully eggs. So nice. they
0: told you there might be space the other days or they only gave you eight days? They,
2: there might be space the other days, but we couldn't mm-hmm. sign up in advance for those yet. Okay.
0: So that would be like week to week. Yeah. Excellent, and yeah. is that your first venture into the market scene with your meat?
2: With the meat, yes. Excellent,
0: mm-hmm. excellent. So you've been making new banners and oh, getting yes. your booth ready, and
2: yes, yeah. Where's everything going to happen last the, minute? All the yeah. marketing, yeah, I'm pretty good at doing that really? marketing kind of stuff ahead of time. Yeah, and, uh, good to at, know.
0: at the markets, are you going to be selling like on a pre-sold? Like you have a lot of pre-sales going on, so you can.
2: We do a lot of presales on our website, but okay. we kind of reserve a set a set amount for ourselves to bring to market to okay. bring frozen. We just don't know what demand will look like yet, so we're kind of playing it by ear at least for the first few markets and then we might change over to a presale if it looks like it's gonna be a viable option
3: yeah when you say you you're bringing chicken what in what form what does that what does that mean? I've never seen chicken at a whole and or, frozen, whole in and ice. frozen nice oh, yes. Okay. Oh, okay
4: all yeah. right wow
3: nice so you guys are processing those
0: chickens somehow and then cutting them up and vacuum packing them freezing them and then bring them all to the sort market. sort
2: of so this year we're using a mobile slaughter unit that's WSDA certified okay which is a requirement to sell at farmers markets um we actually do our chickens whole so they're they're cleaned and ready to be frozen well they'll, they'll be frozen but they're ready to go in the freezer or in the oven but we don't cut them up. We think that the kind of chicken that we raise is best cooked whole. Um, and we give all the uh, usable parts back with the chicken. So cool. it'll come
0: and with And uh, just so the listeners know, what specific variety of chicken are you using?
4: Uh, we raise a Freedom Ranger. We raise them out to about 12 weeks. They're a really good kind of roaster. We roast them on the weekend and then kind of have two or three meals from them throughout the week. And your average weight on those chickens? Five to seven pounds. That's oh, so a little bit larger bird. A little bit yeah.
2: larger, yeah. They they grow slower than a conventional mm-hmm. Cornish cross, so they're a little more flavorful. The meat has more texture, and it's better for the animals because their bones and and muscles can grow slower sure. together, so yeah. they don't have the leg issues and, and the chest nice. issues.
0: And are you still getting, like, a big breast piece and everything like that? Oh, yeah. But the yeah. dark meat's the best. They're like Dark meat has more flavor. Yeah.
4: They're like tiny turkeys. They're, okay. they're beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And how do they perform on the farm? Are they smart, like backyard chickens? Uh, they're, are they a little... They're smart enough to kind of dig through pastures, eat worms and bugs, and, and kind okay. of glean a lot from the grass. Um, yeah. And they they're...
0: protect themselves from predators?
4: Uh, so we practice range confinement, which is uh, we put about 75 birds in uh, 12 by 12 kind of pens that get moved every day um so they have access to sunshine they have access to fresh air they also have some covered space that they can kind of retreat to
0: every day they're moving to a new area every
4: day so they leave their manure on the ground i don't have to deal with it it fertilizes the pasture and they get kind of new grass and bugs every kind of morning wow
1: yeah was there a reason was there a reason you chose that variety yeah
2: um they do better on pasture so So we wanted a meat bird that was going to grow good meat. So a lot, you know, a lot of the heritage egg laying kind of breeds don't grow meat very fast. So we wanted one that was specifically good for meat production, but we wanted one that was going to be healthier and happier and and thrive on pasture. A lot of times those Cornish crosses, once they get to a certain weight, they don't walk very well. So they just kind of lay around. They were kind of bred to just grow meat really fast. And like, that's it. And they don't forage very well because they're so lazy. Hmm. So these birds are, they're actually a cross between a heritage breed and a Cornish cross. So they have both properties. So they, do,
1: they lay eggs well
2: too then? They don't because we slaughter them at 12 weeks of age. So they're not sexually mature at that age. Interesting. They
4: do lay eggs pretty early if you kept them around. So. But good to know. Good to know. Good to know. And are you bringing anything else to your farmer's
0: market scene this year besides chicken?
2: We're hoping to bring eggs. We kind of have to see what our egg supply and demand is off the farm because we do have an egg stand at the farm. Mm -hmm. And that's going on now every Tuesday from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. People can come by and pick up eggs. So.
0: But I know you grow other kinds of animals too, but you're not going to sell those at the farmer's market?
2: We can't actually. There's a lot of government regulation about how you can sell your meat. So if you want to sell meat at the farmer's market, it has to be slaughtered USDA. Okay. And right now, most of our meat is going to be slaughtered custom slaughter, which means it's on-farm slaughter, which we think is better for the animals' welfare. Right. But there's a lot of restrictions involved in that and how you have to purchase and sell the meat.
0: You have to sell your animals by the unit
2: pretty much yeah we do we do our pigs half or whole and goats and sheep are going to be half um, excuse me whole only turkeys we'll do turkeys probably just off the farm also because it's basically just like a thanksgiving kind of a
0: and do you have a special butcher that you work with out of the snohomish area that
2: we actually use sylvana meats
1: wow okay. yeah
2: so up here we have a really good relationship with their slaughter team and excellent they're really great guys and the nice. butcher yeah. shop is they're exceptional. They do a really good job.
1: They have
4: the best bacon cure out of uh, any other customer. Absolutely, like yeah, they I, do. I, I recommend <laughs> I can... his uh, hams too, but yeah. uh, his smoking it, ham it's uh, yeah. room is pretty good. Yeah. it's the same cure, so yeah. but hams and bacon's there. Yeah. They're and you amazing. can have
0: your game animals uh, processed there too. If mm-hmm. uh, listeners are out there, and you can have like deer bacon sausage yeah. or. Whatever. We're working on getting him on the show, right? Uh, well, someday, yeah. someday. That'd yeah. be
1: cool. So it'll happen.
0: It'll happen. We we'll have lots of great listeners lined up for future episodes, so stay tuned to the Dirty Cultivator Show.
1: <laughs> so your awesome.
0: eggs
3: are nice and uh, multicolored, or how how do they come out?
2: Yeah, so we actually have we have an older flock. It's in their third season, and they're kind of slowing down production, but they're a mixed bag of breeds. And old then, hens. Old hens. <laughs> <laughs> our our new hens are our young hens that just started laying the spring.
4: Spring chickens.
2: Uh, spring chickens. Spring
4: chickens. <laughs>
2: We have uh, black Australorp. We have Moran. We have Americana and we have Rhode Island red. So we have majority brown eggs and then the Morans lay a really dark chocolate brown egg. And then the Americana's lay like the blue and green Easter egg. Those
0: are my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I
2: always make sure I get at least one or two blue eggs in each dozen. That's cool. I'm Quality control. Quality <laughs> control like makes that. for
3: great customers. <laughs> yeah. People love that.
0: Wow. Right on to our flower report. Uh, a- Annuals and fuchsias and all organic baskets are now in stock. They are so in full color, and that's always something we have to worry about this time of year. Sometimes the, the fuchsias aren't blooming by Mother's Day, but no problems this year. No, they're nice. What do you think? I think the dogwoods are pretty special outside.
1: I have been got selling pink
0: dogwoods yep. and white dogwoods, yellow dogwoods. Oh wow, wow, wow! I mean, these trees are amazing kind of trees right now. If you're and we have the native dogwood too. Cornus Nutilii,
3: beautiful tree. Oh, say it again, Dirty Cornus Nutilii,
0: (laughs) one of the best native trees around. uh, You know, tall tree, 35 to 65 feet. And some of the best specimens, actually, located along I-5, directly across from the Tulalip Casino. That's just three exits south, the Garden Treasures Nursery and Organic Farm, exit 208. It is. I'll be damned. Yeah, pretty awesome stuff. But uh, just keep an eye between 116th Street and, and 88th Street. On the left on the east side of the freeway, they're growing right next to the freeway, and they're beautiful, full blooming white trees underneath the Doug fir forest. Amazing tree. And the pink Satomi dogwood. Wow, wow, wow. We're talking about another like awesome, like smaller tree that you can get in your yard that has one of the longest spring flowers available in one of the best colored pinks. And I've been posting pictures of these kind of trees all around on my Facebook and Instagram account. So make sure to check that stuff out. If you're not keeping track of the dirty cultivator in the social sphere, you know, now would be the time. Because I got some great photos of these trees up there for you.
1: That's great. And you know what else is really beautiful right now? The rhododendrons. Oh, yeah. They're, They're so great. The red ones have really caught my eye.
0: Thrilby, Taurus, Grace Oh my Seabrook. God,
1: they're beautiful.
0: Selected varieties of the dirty, the dirty cultivator for the best reds. I also like Marlene Pest because I have actually that uh, one in stock. They're
1: just, they're super nice this year. And when, when they bloom, they're beautiful. Bring all the birds and butterflies and bees to your yard for all That's your right. pollination you need for your garden.
0: Quick tips uh, when the, when they're done blooming, pick the flower buds off and they will bloom again next year. If you forget to pick the flower buds off, they're only going to bloom every two years.
1: That's right, but it's really important to have both ornamentals and production crops in your yard. That's right. You know, because you want the beer, the bees, mm-hmm. and the butterflies and the birds to come in for all of that pollination. Uh, how are your lilies doing? My lilies are doing great.
0: We got Asian lilies in our cut flower bouquets for Mother's Day special this weekend.
1: Yeah, you've got yours in your greenhouse. I do not. So mine are all butted up and They're ready up. to pop.
0: It's a great, I easy
1: perennial for people weeks to grow. Of sun probably with a
0: very tropical-looking flower.
1: Oh, and some of them, like the stargazer lily, yep. they have the best fragrance ever. They're super nice, and the peonies are right. still that's an fantastic. amazing plant.
0: So, in the tree peonies, the flowers on those are just wow. I mean, amazing stuff and, and huge. And it's funny, like exactly when the flowers open up to color. The customer buys it. Yep. Like, it's just that easy. Like, they are such an amazing flower on the peonies. And, and there's a lot of standard peonies out there, but there's a lot of stuff happening with peonies. We've gone over this in, I think, episode 26 or 27. So. so, you know, check out those peonies. Uh, they're going to be sold out soon, and I won't have any more till next year again.
1: That's right. And what I really like about them is that they are just as a great ornamental plant in your yard. So you don't have to cut the flowers. They'll last a really long yeah. time. Yeah. Or you can cut them. Make them produce yeah. more and have fragrant bouquets on your I table. I love them because there's the not time. any,
0: there's no pests that bother them, so you don't nope. have to worry about the moles, you don't have to worry about the mice, you don't have to worry about digging the things up in the wintertime, time, storing true. them in storage through the through the other months. Uh, but you know what else uh, has been a really big question, you know, related to flowers at the farm this week is there's been a real shortage of fuchsias and ivy geraniums.
1: on the I've heard lately. that.
0: So people are like literally like hunting for them and come in here. And these are two basic standard plants from the 1990s and 2000s. But now it's 2015 and markets are shifting. So what's going on? Well, the market has shifted. And basically the last downturn threw out a bunch of guys out of the horticulture industry that used to grow these kind of plants, like at the smaller scale in their backyard. They would grow a few for a little bit of extra money in the spring. And they would had a couple of greenhouses and they could do a couple hundred fuchsia baskets and make it worth their time. But as the market shifted and the downturn happened, the prices that people are willing to pay for those plants haven't hasn't kept up with the actual cost of production. Okay. And large scale commercial factory nurseries have came into the scene and they're producing these baskets at a very low cost to hit price point targets of the chain stores.
1: So you're talking like Fred Meyer, Walmart, et cetera.
0: Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's. And basically what's happened is that all these small scale guys that used to keep all the independent garden centers like our place kind of flush with a lot of good fuchsias, those those guys are out of business. And the big guys only sell to other big guys. So there's kind of a void in the market. So there's no
1: one feeding your market.
0: Well, we have a couple suppliers on that product, but the prices I think are generally higher than what, people are used to paying for that product i see and it's definitely higher than what you know we don't have a comparable comparable product to the chain stores of course ours is much much higher quality and of course locally grown with care and pride and all the kind of stuff that that great customer service great customer service but the the prices are even lower at the chain stores so we just don't inventory as many and customers who you know want to a locally grown product that's acclimatized to our area will buy those plants from us but we're not selling 100 fuchsia baskets like we used to hmm. you know we might sell 25 at a higher price and that's in a lot of price and
1: that's just simply because you can't get them
0: well we can't get them number one and then we don't think people will buy them at that high we won't be able to sell 100 at the higher price you know we could sell 100 of them if we sold them for cost but we're not going to be in business for very long if we keep doing that so
1: that's for sure
0: so we gotta we gotta make the bills paid, and I got a family to feed. So yes, you do, sir. You gotta you gotta gotta keep up with stuff, you know. And that's basically the 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 story about what what's mm. happening to the fuchsia and ivy geranium. Well, located. I
1: love geraniums and fuchsias, so that's a little disappointing. Yeah.
0: And they're really expensive plants for people to grow too. So if you're growing fuchsias for hanging baskets, you know your target is to have the thing blooming on Mother's Day. So that doesn't mean you can start the thing in April and it's just going to be this beautiful right, basket. Right. Right. You start heating your greenhouses like in early January, and you got to keep it at 70 degrees the whole time to make that thing grow. So, your costs of fuel just to produce that plant are are significant. Hmm. So, keep that in mind, you know, and support local.
3: Some good facts there, Dirty Cultivator. I like it. Thank I you like so much, it. Uncle Jay. Yeah, well done. Uh, we have a trivia um, this week. Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
0: I, I did find a new trivia question. A little, to, little trivia a little for everybody. Out there.
3: Yep, yeah. And we're we're not gonna we're not gonna give away the answer right away, right? Nobody's no, no. Gonna, nobody's gonna jump in. The nobody. answer
0: will come later in okay. the show, so you have to stay <laughs> tuned. Okay. Okay. And uh, see if anybody else can answer this. I know. I know it's written at the end of the outline, but.
1: But it is it, it
0: is Outline. kind of a... How
3: come nobody gives me these outlines? Because uh, you're just freestyling. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You're just freestyling okay. over there. Um, yes, trivia question of the week. This produce item is a perennial thistle that originated in the Mediterranean. The part that is eaten is technically a flower bud that has not yet bloomed. The Greeks and Romans considered them to be an aphrodisiac. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until the 16th century, women were actually prohibited from eating them in many countries. Good idea. Good idea. They, they were still considered to have
1: that. How is that a good properties. idea? <laughs> you don't want your married well,
0: wife finding another guy in the, down in the, you know, when you're all a you surf down there and the, outside the too. kingdom.
3: Mm-hmm. As we all know, Lord knows, we don't want these women getting any hornier than they already are. Well, that's for God's right. sake. You <laughs> cannot allow that. I mean
1: what was wrong
3: with people? That is nuts. Uh anyway, okay. The top producers today are Spain, France, and Italy, and virtually all of the US producers are in California. We do grow some in the northwest. Oh yeah. Keep your eye out at the farmer's market. I said virtually all we okay. have a
0: handful. Are in California. Yes. You have a handful too. You already know what the answer is. You guys we were do. looking ahead. No.
3: <laughs> they're listening. They're listening.
0: are
1: farmers. Yeah. It was the aphrodisiac. Oh. part yeah, that I oh, that's yeah. right. why I grow them. You guys are growing a few. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know
3: why. Yeah, yeah, keep an yeah. eye on her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this produce item is the primary flavor of the popular Italian liquor. Cynar. Cynar. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Is that popular? One of twelve. It's popular
0: in Europe. Never heard of it. Hmm
1: interesting
3: if it's a liquor and interesting I an, so stay and I can't tuned pronounce it stay tuned
0: right. for later in the episode when what we'll it? be talking about what is it
3: guys Cynar is a popular drink in europe mm-hmm. no i meant what's the trivia answer the oh, plant. We won't. We're
0: not.
4: T- yeah. No. The I know. I can't tell you. I'm
3: asking the audience. Okay. Uh, what
0: is? It, like, yeah. What's, yeah, what's, yeah, what's... yeah. Audience. What is? <laughs> what is? What is the answer to this trivia? Oh my god. Is anybody like just blurting in their car right now? The answer. <laughs> yes. <I> can't <laughs> wait for me to I'm tell you sure the real answer later in the show. Shaking
1: their fist and, and they're shouting. like, I know
3: what this is. I wish this show was live so I could call in <laughs> right
0: yeah. and win a free vegetable.
3: <laughs> is that what we win? <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, huh? like and uh, the this season question. it's one one spear of asparagus.
3: <laughs> wow!
0: Are you kidding me? One one. Bundle. You know what
1: I think it should be? Oh, no, and one be, spear. I think then it should be buy the rest pasta. of the bundle. Yeah. Pasta,
3: the gluten-free pastas. <laughs> Do you even sell a single spear at a time? I mean, no, a are... giveaway,
0: man. You're now giving away the bundle. But
3: I wouldn't mean, have any to sell. You don't have any loose laying around. I mean, aren't
0: they all bundled? Oh, well, we have lots of crooked ones. Those are the ones that go out <laughs> in, the, in the. Those would be the imperfectly
1: box. delicious. The right. imperfectly asparagus. delicious
0: asparagus with crooked
3: tips and other weird shapes. So that's your reward, people. So yeah, if you get it. Uh, uh, wow, back into the farm report. Enough of this uh, trivia. The for
0: it. We are planting greenhouses. We planted another thousand tomato plants in one of our greenhouses, and I used the red mulch on the tomatoes. We also lined the sides of that greenhouse with some early cabbage and some early, more early kohlrabi and early head lettuce and more peppers. So I'm pretty excited about that greenhouse. I'm glad it's done. No
1: force field of mustard, though?
0: Uh, no force field of mustard. Tomatoes don't it's have really that problem. <laughs> What I was, uh did have a little story to go with uh, planting of that greenhouse. I had hired two new guys to uh, basically come on for the season to help me keep up with things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I hired them last Friday and I said, let's start on Tuesday. So it was raining on Tuesday morning. So it they, was... they didn't show up at eight o'clock and this is inside the greenhouse. So it wasn't going to affect our schedule for the day. And I'd basically pre-prepped all the plants the day before and had them all ready to plant. So everybody was going to show up and we we're going to have a nice easy day with... With three guys to do this whole greenhouse and uh they and so i called them and then they got there about 9 30 and they worked for three hours and the one guy quit
1: were you too and, hard on them
0: and the other
1: i think like maybe. if you call
3: that being hard on somebody like that's pretty bad wait so they didn't even call you though to tell you that they weren't going to be there no, I was there,
0: and then all of a sudden, like, at lunchtime, they're like, oh, I got a, he said he had to, one one of the guy that I, like, that was working really slow, um, that I told him to hurry up a little bit. I just told him to hurry up Did once. you
1: yell it to him in Spanish? No,
0: no, I, I did, yes, tell him to hurry up in Spanish, but. <laughs> you weren't holding the whip, were you? I, I wasn't even really whipping, I was just saying that that's not the speed we work, this is how we do it, and, and like, do it like this, you know, and, because he probably didn't know how to do the job so i was just showing him how to do the job and showing him the pace that it needs to be done at and he kept working and then all of a sudden he came back he made one trip to the end of the greenhouse carrying the plants and put them in their place and then came back to the other end and he said i gotta go to seattle to go to the consulate to deal with some immigration stuff or something so he says well I have maybe you're better right off
1: now. then you don't want that liability
0: there's no liability there i don't need a guy that's going to work that slow working for me out in the field yes so i'm better off that he quit after just three hours and i didn't have to that's actually I get upset with him so yeah i am better that's off for sure and then the other guy uh you know left too because they came together and the other guy had worked <laughs> with me last year so i was like pretty oh. confident like he was going to keep showing up and and he's like oh i'll be there at the end of the day and then you know what else he did the other guy that worked for me last year, too, took my knife with him, and we needed the knife to continue the job for the rest of the day mm. to cut the holes in the plastic. So then I had to, like, he still has my knife. So bring then he,
1: back Mark's knife, please. Yeah, if you're listening
0: so guy, bring yeah. the knife so back. So then he said he was going to come today Today to come back to work, and then he wrote me another text and said he's going to be here on Monday. Mm-hmm. When I don't want him to work on Monday, I want to work <laughs> on Tuesday because Monday is my day off. So now i got to come in here on Monday and show him what to do. And then, you know, hopefully he'll stick around for the season because he has a little bit of experience. and would be good. He's just, at one hand, he's saying he doesn't have enough money for gas to get here. And another hand, like, he only worked for three hours. So is that going to leave a lot of extra money to pay for other things besides your gas?
1: I'm not sure. But did you get yeah. your trellis system figured out?
0: So trellis systems are all adjusted, and we're starting the trellis process of the tomatoes. So we go back to the greenhouse tomatoes that we planted, like, three weeks ago. And we start trellising those, so we're in solid tomato production. I've had right a lot now. of comments. It looked huge.
1: I've had a lot of comments. You know the pictures you post, like on my your personal, pictures? yeah, on your personal page and the Dirty Cultivator page. People say to me, Carrie, what are those weird orange strings hanging down from the greenhouses?" Those are
0: my trellis guide wires that I use. They are. So I actually, use the greenhouse support to lift the plants up. I guess in a way. And then we prune, 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 prune. Give them some support,
1: something to grow up.
0: Something to grow up. And then yep. we wrap them around there, like kind of like a Jack and the Beanstalk, wrapping around a candy
1: cane or something, I guess. So you're doing a lot of fertilizing at this point, Mark? And
0: uh, we just started fertilizing in there, too. So uh, I just turned on the uh, liquid fish fertilizer and the injectors and gave them their big shot of fertilizer. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to be foiler feeding them with calcium and liquid fish as well and so everything's going to be good in there it's just nice. the plants are ready to be juiced up and ready to start growing so the more fertilizer i give them now the more and more flower clusters they're going to have and the more and more growth they're going to have to be able to support the amount right. of tomatoes they're going to have on. because
1: more flowers equals more fruit equals people.
0: cash money <laughs> so and that's what uh, we need to do is uh Make some money so we can pay our bills They're here right. at the farm, yeah. and uh, we all know that farming's very
4: expensive, right, Bright-eyed Acres? Sure oh yeah, is. that's right.
1: So uh, what are you doing to pay the bills right now?
4: Huh. Yes. Oh man, we are throwing money out the window, hoping <laughs> that it comes in, <laughs> in in the fall.
2: Windows open though, so we can fly back in. Nice. Um,
4: So, uh, we're, like I said earlier, we're scaling up this year, so I'm building a lot of new pens for animals, specifically.
2: we, I use a lot of Staple Gun today.
4: (laughs) Correct. Nice. Um, (laughs) Nice. So, uh, I'm building, uh, today I finished, or started, or somewhere in there, I'm halfway through, three new (laughs) broiler pens. Um, We should
2: mention that we have one, our first batch of broilers is on pasture now, and they're I'm um, going to be slaughtered early June. The second batch is in the brooder, but they have to come out tomorrow morning because the third batch arrives tomorrow morning at the post office. Oh, boy. They ship them in the mail. It's kind of so, like tomatoes. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I've never ordered tomatoes. Um, So these chicken tractors actually have to be finished by, like, you know, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning.
4: Oh, boy. all-nighter ahead of you. Oh, just putting roofs on. I think I could do that. Well, she picks them up from the post office, but... Uh... That and then pigs arrive on tomorrow evening. Also tomorrow. So I'm building oh, yeah. a pig pen, the Whoa. first of the pig pens.
0: And when you buy all the supplies to do this kind of stuff, are you guys really resourceful and use Craigslist to buy used stuff or uh, re outfit
4: old stuff? Or we have some connections and uh, we have a, a a friend. The farm we're at, um, the owner of the land owns a lumber mill in um, Snohomish, and he uh, I. You got second grade lumber? Yeah, I got a good deal on some two-by-two cedar that I built it out of. We
2: actually, so a lot of the stuff we're building, we build from scratch because we want it to last our duration, our duration of farming. Um, You know, you can build some cool stuff with used materials, but you might have to build it three or four times, you know. And so we try to be resourceful, but we also want it to be a – Something that we don't have to
1: keep doing every sure, because time is money, right? Right, oh, yeah. if you're doing it three times, right? Then. And if
2: it's something like the chicken tractor that he's moving every single day, it's got to be durable. Oh yeah, know?
1: yeah.
0: Um, and, and you have a couple of greenhouses that you use for shelters for your animals too, or
2: in the winter time, okay. yeah. So actually, we're at a the the land that we're at is called Chinook Farms. Okay, and the owner does grass fed beef there and hay. And then there's us doing our animals. And then there's now a third farm operation down there growing vegetables. Oh, And they're called One Leaf Farm.
0: Well, I've seen them. Yeah, and
2: yeah. they actually were in Carnation before. But this is their first season down here with us. Um, and they have a CSA too. So if any of your listeners are down in the south uh, Snohomish County area, they have some slots open still.
0: And that farm's name is One Leaf Farm? One Leaf Farm. That's mm-hmm. a third-year farmer?
2: Um, um, I think they've been around a little bit longer than that. the The farm might be three or four years old, but it's a women owned farm. Oh yeah. So both of them have had lots of experience with farming and they've done internships at big farms around here. So they know what they're doing. They actually, we're watching them and we're going, man, how did we think we were going to do, excuse me, do the vegetable farming? Like they just, they're a well-oiled machine. Nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. I've been paying attention to them on Facebook.
2: Yeah. Uh, They have good stuff.
0: They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, they do. They they seem like they're producing lots of space. They definitely have a lot of acreage. And of, so they took so. over the greenhouses for the summer? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah. So uh, we, had, we had all of our kind of goats and sheep in one greenhouse for the winter, and we just deep bedded them down with straw. Um, and now they're using that greenhouse as kind of their propagation house. So they put weed cloth down just on top of our manure pack, um, and they have kind of tables set up with all their... Um, Plants propagated on top of it, and uh, that manure pack is breaking down. We'll plant a cover crop into it this winter, and then they'll plant actual vegetables into the ground next year in it. And so we'll just – we have three big kind of high tunnels like that, and so we'll just kind of rotate – every year and it's a great way to kind of get nutrients back into the yeah. soil without and kind of for that. you
1: guys to be working together right we yeah. have a
2: really good symbiotic relationship with them and with the owner because we're fertilizing the pastures that then he's cutting really nice hay on and you know with the vegetable farmers they're going to be giving they have scrap or waste vegetables will be given to the pigs and and we give them eggs, and so yeah, it's been really. It's nice. It's kind of cool awesome. how there's
0: like three different enterprises living yeah, on the farm too, yeah, because is. I think that's too much, too many niches for one farmer to do by himself almost.
2: Right. Well, mm-hmm. and that's very
0: true.
4: That's
2: why we made the switch actually to to meat this year, is because we were doing meat and vegetables last year, and we just couldn't do both as well as we wanted, and we couldn't grow either way. We could, we were just barely kind of scraping along, and we were doing fine. Like it, everybody was happy with our product, but. We just couldn't see how we could grow. Um, with like
0: your free time. How could you grow your free time? More <laughs> well,
3: with so many we'll grow our on? business, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, like we
2: had a pretty small CSA and we raised 600 broilers and and it was good, but we wanted to be like focused. And so we're doing 1,200 broilers this year. And, Excellent. You know, well, let's talk about that and-
0: when we really get into your oh, okay, uh, business strategies. And because yeah. that's a really important part that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, And there was a lot, lots of questions right now at the farm. There's a lot of customers coming in. And one of the.
1: There's some huge questions coming in. Right.
0: And and I just wanted to go over with like a quick tip section again about like what you should be looking for, especially in your home garden and your home orchard right now. And things that you should be keeping an eye out for so you can kind of preempt these kind of problems that could be happening.
1: That's right. And I've preempted a couple. Because, you know, when it comes to your fruit trees, you really need to be looking out for the caterpillars.
0: Tent caterpillars.
1: The tent. And and, and you'll know that they're in your tree because you'll have the little white tent and all the little mm-hmm. wiggly caterpillars. Mm-hmm. And climb, when they're small, just around, hatched.
0: They're very small and very easy to deal with.
1: They are. And I'm sure everyone, uh, the way that I do it, I just lob the branch off. Right. Throw it in the burn pile.
0: You can do that. You can also stomp on the broken branch or the lopped off branch and smear it into the ground and crush the entire nest of caterpillars with your foot until they're all squeezed and dead.
1: That seems a little too time consuming for me, so I prefer (laughs) the burn method. A little graphic. Because then it can go back into the compost. What's graphic is what those caterpillars
0: do to your tree, Uncle Jesse. That's graphic. Ruin. Ruin.
1: Ruin. 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 And Leave you, mean, you
0: with just a cell structure of your leaf and nothing in between to actually process the sun to create photosynthesis. So keep to your, your eyes out. Those keep SOPs. your
1: eyes keep your eyes out, people. For yeah. those
0: keep your eye on your brassica, brassica crops. There's a number of problems that can bother brassicas, and I'm talking about cabbages, kales, kohlrabis. broccoli, broccoli, cauliflower, rutabaga. So. Those are your brassica crops, and the things that you have to worry about most with those is rabbits, number one. I mean, that's a physical thing that will just come along and eat the whole thing down. And then as the plant starts to grow, you can start to worry about aphids. We'll definitely Mm -hmm. love to grow on there, especially if it's not well-ventilated or your plants don't have a lot of space. Another thing that bothers them is the cabbage moth, and they actually lay like worms weird in your little worms yep that will burrow through your cabbage which
1: you may not see on the surface of right? your cabbage
0: that stuff kind of lives in the ground they kind of yep. lay those eggs there so it, like right when your cabbage is starting to create a head they kind of wiggle out of the ground right up into your cabbage and they're those pretty white moths right? they pretty white moths that are all over <laughs> the farm like those little the, butterflies not good for your cabbage <laughs> um Let's, let me think about a couple other things. Well, oh, for that, I like to use neem oil. So neem oil kind of creates a waxy coating over the leaf of the plant and stops the bugs from attacking the leaf. Mm-hmm. So uh, like a leaf leaf bug that would bother your brassicas would be the flea beetle. That's a pretty big problem in the open valley. Mm-hmm. And so remay of course, can protect your young plants. And that's when they're most susceptible, I think. But also the neem oil, after they get too big to be under the remay if you can be spraying them with kind of a neem oil and every week or so, I think that kind of helps create an environment that's less likely for the bug to want to be there too. And it works really good against flea beetles and against your aphids. It almost kills aphids on contact and it just creates an environment where the flea beetle doesn't want to eat your leaf. It'll choose a different leaf to eat instead.
1: Hmm. You know what I really don't like dealing with?
0: What's that, Gary? slugs. Slugs.
1: Slugs. Uh, and you know me, how many times have we heard Dirty Cultivator make fun of my trees and my rocky right. soil? And if you're and wondering so on and so on about so Carrie forth.
0: Kay's garden, Carrie's Kay garden is basically right up against a native habitat that's four or five acres next to a stream, a perfect area for all your slugs to live. And then okay, travel. But
1: I want my garden to be part of nature, Mark, and not a brick. Anyway, moving on. When it comes to taking so, care of your slugs, you can either slug-o. do what? Sluggo. Oh, I don't prefer sluggo.
0: Some people don't like it. It has some sort of plastic resin in it that's apparently horrible for the planet. We
1: um, have slug <laughs> hunts and slug traps.
0: That's breaking news, yeah. only found on the internet.
1: Oh, really? Because it's Omri approved.
0: It is Omri approved, it but is. it's on the Omri watch list right now. Oh, so,
1: I didn't know that. right. So I don't prefer it. Uh, it's it's not my choice. Like I said before, okay. we um, go on slug hunts,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which are early Stick in the morning. In the ear hole. Uh, no, we use we use sticks. <laughs>
0: no. Oh. Bottle mm-hmm. rocket, stick it in the ground right next to the no, slug, that is light insane. it, and then the torch from the bottle rocket, because it doesn't launch if it's stuck in the ground properly, will burn the slug.
1: No.
3: But not quite enough to
0: where it I have a few it. different no, techniques. Suffers this is my
1: segment. The slugs are my segment. Oh, sorry.
4: Sprinkle salt?
1: Yes. Salt, salt huh? is one. So what? we slug hunt with sticks uh, and salt. That's where those
0: 50-pound bags of salt have been going. That's we like slug hunt with sticks punishment.
1: and salt. What does no, the stick do? the stick you have to you stab the slug oh. and then you just chuck him in the compost pile. Okay. Huh. That's what we do when, when we don't you have to salt enough, them
3: then. It doesn't sound like it finishes them
1: When off. I have enough salt. Oh. But you know what's my most effective deterrent and it's more of a deterrent than it is anything else of the slugs is beer traps. So if you take a little plastic container and you fill it full of beer and you set it out around the plants that slugs like which are a lot of times brosca spinach lettuce you know mm-hmm. leafy tasty stuff you're trapping them mostly the babies mm-hmm. and then they don't get in yeah. to big slugs and they don't do a lot of damage so that beer traps are my slug preference and some of the companion planting like planting mint around things that slugs that's right marigolds is, yep is Chrysanthemum. very is also very effective that's
0: right that's right so, keep those companion plants coming and you might be able to improve your slug problems. I also think. Uh, no, you're not going to improve, improve that. your
1: slug problems?
0: <laughs> is that, well, yeah. If, if the slug that is a problem solved. and you're trying to improve okay. it by getting rid of them, we're going to solve, you're not gonna the, have, slug you're solve problem. the problem.
1: We're solving the okay. problem.
0: Okay. Thank you for the right uh, context. You're welcome. Master of English, Carrie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, uh, deer uh, are in. In large hunts right now, and they come out. They got little baby deer with them.
3: oh the little yeah. cute baby. The deer. cute
0: little baby deer, and they like to come into your yard, especially the backyard gardeners, because your neighbor might like the deer and you like the deer. And nobody really hunts the deer where oh, you yeah. live. That neighbor's got the salt lick out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, and he got the salt lick out, and he likes a big fancy lawn for him to kind of like lounge around in
1: and tulips and crocus that tulips they eat. and
0: crocus are very uh friendly to the deer they love to eat those things and especially right now because we're talking early may your fruit yep. trees are starting to grow and the deer love to walk up to the fruit trees and eat the little growths out of the top right when they're tender so it's only like four or six weeks you got to worry about these things while the growth is just right for the deer to eat and another one i know a lot of people worry about is roses because yep. they just love the new growth comes out of the rose and deer comes along and eats it. And then pretty much your rose can't grow if it doesn't have any new growth. So
1: And it's definitely not going to bloom.
0: So we sell a couple products at the store. And uh, you can generally find deer products at most stores. And we use uh, a product called Skid. And yep. we use this concentrate. And we actually make mix a spray up with that. And it's OMRI approved. And we can uh, spray that right on the tip. And it's just something that you have to do like for four to six weeks until that new growth hardens off, meaning it kind of establishes its, its growth and isn't quite so soft anymore. Yeah. And then the deers really don't want to eat it because they just want to eat like a tender shoot, you know, just like us. When we eat a tender shoot of asparagus, but when it gets tough and nasty, right. we don't like it anymore, right?
4: Right. are not so going to chew on the branch we're of not an apple chew tree. A, <laughs> yeah, branch of an
0: apple tree. But that fresh shoot is just like pure tenderness to the deer, and they'll eat every single one of them. So watch out there, especially if your trees are small or you have fresh transplants in the ground. And with that, I think we should move into the segment with Bright-Eyed Acres.
1: Thanks again for joining us, you guys. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to get into farming.
4: Oh, man. So, uh, let's see. Three years ago, Misha and I uh, were living in San Diego. And Misha was working in sales and got laid off. I was working in construction. We decided to sell everything we owned. Went on a road trip for about six months. and
2: Uh, Three months. (laughs) <laughs> That's a big difference for a road trip. It
4: does, um, but I mean, twelve thousand a lot. Yeah, yeah twelve thousand miles around the U.S. Um, but we took a lot of time to think about how we wanted to spend our lives and what we wanted to do in the day to day. Decided we wanted to work outside. If we had a family, we wanted to not abandon our kids. We wanted to kind of be around with them and kind of invest in land and do some um things to make the world a better place right? nice so uh that's awesome yeah, yeah we, all right i like the thoughts of these kind of farmers that's the american here. dream right there
3: people yeah, that's right
4: we uh decided that this was kind of the area that we wanted to be in um, beautiful northwest the beautiful northwest uh it's where i kind of grew up um and and my mom's up here so well both parents But uh, my mom is sick, so we wanted to be up here close to her. um, And we started looking around for an internship. Um, We interviewed at a handful of different places. We cold called our friend Eric Fritch at Chinook Farms. And uh, he said, hey, I might have something available. Turns out his farm managers had fallen through for the year. And so it was us or nobody. We ended up managing a 30-member CSA our first year. Our internship
2: was once a day he would show up and be like, put these seeds here. Okay, oh, I got to go. And yeah. then we're like, Oh um, okay. So it was definitely trial by fire. And then right. the so second year. it wasn't what
0: year, you'd call a hands-on no, experience. No, I mean,
2: it was, we learned a lot and we learned it really fast because right. we had to. And so it worked out and we're both really studious like, and dedicated. Sink so. or swim. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the second year he was like, say, why don't you guys start your own business? And we were like, okay. <laughs> so but, he yeah. really pushed us to, to grow and sort of, yeah, it was good.
4: We started growing vegetables with, um, the first year we raised, uh, oh, a few hundred broilers, um, chickens. We had a small kind of hen operation, raised five pigs, um, that, that second year we, we kind of doubled everything. So 600 birds, 20 pigs or so, um, had turkeys, yeah we added sheep that year and this is our third year and goats we've kind of uh decided that we there's enough space where we're at right now that uh, we can allow other people to kind of farm vegetables and we can really focus on um, growing meat that's awesome. Awesome. awesome That it's gets great. me
0: right into the next question mm. you know and I've noticed you guys for a few years now kind of like learning the trade and hanging around and and some people come and go, and it kind of looks like you guys are sticking around. So that's kind of why we got you on the show. Let me try and. Him. specifically, like, this year, I noticed that you guys really got honed in on, on what you wanted to do. Yeah. And, uh, and it's hard at the beginning to know what's kind of going to work for you and, like, how much time you're going to have. And, and you're really passionate about things. And I noticed you kind of honed in on doing me. Can you elaborate on, like, what kind of decision process that was for you and then –
2: yeah, so um, a little bit was just we had to kind of decide what direction we wanted to go because we couldn't do all of it as well as we wanted to. Okay. We're really passionate about animals. Um, we like eating meat a lot, but we also don't like eating meat from animals that's raised in factory farms. So we, we felt really drawn to that. Um, I love animals. I've worked with animals off and on doing volunteering in a private zoo in San Diego and wildlife rehab and stuff like that. So... That kind of comes um, pretty intuitive for me. And the product, I mean, it's also a good its a good niche because this area has a lot of vegetable growers, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always room for more vegetable growers, but it, if you have the space to grow animals, there's a lot less people doing it. And so I think there's a, a good market for that. Um, we're
0: do you think it, there's to... a good
4: market for meat because it's harder to do than vegetables? Like... I think As the trade, the barrier to entry is definitely higher. So you definitely have to invest a lot more up front without. So a CSA was great. People were paying for their CSA shares up front. That gives us a bunch of capital to kind of get through the year. With me, you're putting up loads and loads of money in the spring without ever seeing any of it back until midsummer or the fall. Sure. Um, and so that's that's a lot of the harder part. That end kind of secured space and like mm-hmm.
0: taking care. Of, like I know nothing about animals really, um, even though I did grow rabbits when I was younger. Nice, uh, but the uh, little known fact about little the dirty culture fact: uh, my first venture in egg was rabbit production.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. There you
0: go. And um, now he
3: hates them.
1: Well, I found <laughs> different kind of rabbit. De- now they're his nemesis. Very <laughs> low
0: demand for rabbit. Yes, actually. So oh. Yeah. Not
2: anymore. Restaurants oh, yeah. love this it. This
0: was in like 1990. Yeah, so, and I was just 15. Yeah. So nice. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> but
3: part I mean, of the grunge age, just long hair.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think I, he
1: was in dreads at that yeah, stage. Yeah, he was. Maybe. Yeah. No, pretty High school.
2: Oh, and Andrew yeah. had dreads
4: yes, I did too. Have long hair. Hmm. The hippie
2: farmer thing. Oh yeah, it
0: is the
3: hippie farmer. I like the bun man. Yeah, he's rocking a nice bun. I'm thinking about. I just gave him that
0: undercut the other day for summer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Cool off a little. See, I would think that like growing animals is very risky because this thing that you
4: have invested so much in could just die. That's true, but at the same time, I mean, we felt that it was something that's kind of more intuitive. If you're kind of hanging out with animals kind of daily. Okay. If you're checking in on them on a regular basis, you can tell when something's off, right? And we felt that that was a little bit easier for us than vegetables which um not coming from kind of a a a vegetable background like there are all sorts of pests Lots and diseases things. Oh, yeah. and yeah. things that can affect plants that we just i mean it's not nearly as intuitive as animals yes. are right they're not going to they're not going to tell you their their attitude plants have i mean if you can Kind of understand the attitude of a plant, then uh, more power to you. Oh, I, but, do. I, uh, do. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, I'm sure it comes with the the the
2: experience. Yes. Yeah. 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 But um, that's also part of why we are a diverse yeah. farm. So everything we do is pretty small scale, but we have, you know, six or so different species that we rely on. So there was this big um, bird flu scare earlier yeah. this year, and that could have wiped out all of our chickens. Like, luckily, it didn't. And I think part of why it didn't is because of the way we farm you know, having animals
0: outside so regulators coming and, and you
2: didn't have or? all uh, they one didn't type, no. right? Right. right. And they're not inside, you know, where they have limited ventilation and stuff. That's where it really becomes an
1: breeds. issue. Just, mm-hmm. uh, breeds.
2: So um, but, you know, the idea is that if something like that were to happen, then at, at least we would still have our other species that we could rely on.
4: And it's also, I mean, for us, I think it really came down to is that's what there was kind of space and room for. Like we're lucky enough right now to be on a 130 acre farm and, um, a hundred and probably 10 of that is probably a hundred of that is pasture space kind of fenced off and, and meant for, um, animals and livestock. And there are cows that kind of use a bunch of that and a lot of it gets cut in hay, but, um, there's ten acres or so in intensive vegetable cultivation um but but a lot of it there's just a lot of space that animals can be grown um that that just other things weren't that was kind of laying fallow so there's it's an old most of the farm was an old poplar forest um and we've been converting that back to pasture land it was a
2: plantation poplar yeah. farm
4: so uh we have the pigs, I mean, are exclusively kind of in the remnants of that old poplar plantation, just raised Sounds in woodlot, like which place I'm sure yeah. they're yeah. doing
1: a good job of taking care of. Oh them, and yeah,
4: they root
2: right? up the blackberries. Yeah, um, I do want to say that we are really passionate about what we're doing. It's not just because it was kind of the convenient thing, but it's what we really want to do. I read Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan, and mm-hmm. I got great really and, great and, great yeah. Book. I mean, it's yeah. a life changing book. And I got really interested in the local food and and how animals are raised and you know that. So and then um, Joel Salatin is kind of sure. like our guru, you know, like he's the meat guy. Yeah, 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 and he's a genius. And we do a lot of what he does with pasture rotation and with our chickens, moving them every day. I mean, that's directly
1: from his book. Yeah. So so being you're doing everything in this sustainable and ethical manner, um, what are your marketing strategies and like how do you go about? bringing your product to market
2: so right now we have our i have a new website that i built this spring oh give us um plug it oh dot www.brighteyedacres.com and that's, that's
0: that's ide
2: ide it's our last name it's a pun ha <laughs> ha
3: Hammer, yes. huh?
2: So um you can go on the website and, and order meat there. Most of it, like we talked about earlier, is via PayPal one. or you have a little store Yeah, thing you there? can you can use a credit card, you can use PayPal if you want to do it the old fashioned way, you can send us a check in the mail. Um and that's just to reserve your animal. Did,
0: did you build your own website? I
2: did. Yeah, so yeah. Good for you. I'm actually building two other farmers' websites now, including Chinook Farms. Because wow. a lot of farmers just really don't want to deal with that, and know. it's
0: not that hard to do. It's not know, know. once you
2: learn, but a lot of people just don't have the time. And, and you're also sure because they're out too, farming. Right? You have
0: right? a, yeah. a pretty good blog going. I am
2: a blogger. It's it's intermittent nowadays because I'm so busy. But yes, I do, and that is bright-eyed and bushy-tailed.com. Same spelling of eyed. Nice. Because I'm a awesome, dork.
3: Awesome. Check out that <laughs> blog. Right. I didn't bushytail.com. Yeah.
2: Okay. that oh, actually cool. started when we went on our road trip. That was kind of like a road trip travel blog. And then now it's become like a farm blog.
3: Yeah. That's cool.
2: The, but it's more like personal. Story. Yeah. Very Log- cool.
3: Blogging is very hard to do. So. It's
2: hard to keep up.
3: That's yeah. really cool, guys. I mean, that's... this it's That's a romantic story. I, mean, I know. Cool. I love it. It's like, you know, it. And, 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 you know, it's yeah. encouraging for people that are listening that, you know, follow your bliss. Yeah. that if... Yeah. if um, You know, and it's cool that you guys took that trip and you kind of came to this, um, you know, epiphany or this, this, uh, you know, Satori moment, this awakening of, you know, this is what we want to do. And, and uh, a lot of people out there listening, you know, they can, they can learn from that. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people would not know what they want
0: to do and they stay where they're at. Or Whoa. just get into porn or something. A lot of <laughs> that, but they, they wouldn't actually take a trip to experience uh, experience right. something. But no, like, right, right.
4: It was a lot of kind of personal work. Yeah. Right. right yeah. I mean, we you only have so many days on earth, right? And right. and how what do you wanna do and how do you wanna how do you wanna spend that time?
2: I meet people all the time who, when they hear our story, they say, man, I would love to do that. That's my dream. Well, and I, I just have I, to I be like,
4: I can't stand. Those do kind of it. Comments. Then do
2: it.
0: Like, yeah. But How I, can you, you know. say that this is your dream and then not do it? You have to do it. That's yeah. the whole well, idea. Well, there's a lot
2: of risk involved in a lot, And I, I, it was easier for us to not having a family and all that kind of stuff, yeah. too. Well, right. We had younger. a lot less responsibility. Yeah. So I, I do understand that it's hard for people. But I, I want to say it's possible. So. Like the way we found Eric at Chinook Farms, right. you know, yeah. like there are people out there who want someone to come and help them.
0: There's a lot farm. of people out there that don't want to sell their farm but want somebody else to yeah. come and
3: farm it. Yeah. yeah. And if you sure. just put the energy into anything that you want yeah. to do, you know, you'll be successful. S- strange coincidences yeah. will happen. You'll meet people that guide you along yeah. the way. And totally. I mean, we're we're floating on a rock going seventy thousand miles an hour through space yeah. right now. You might as well like do what you want to do. Universe after galaxy. Right. Yeah, after we're time. not we're not here to work for the man and 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 uh sure. retire in your golden year. Oh yeah, save your whole, save all your right. money until you're save seventy. All your money to your right. So then, yeah, yeah. then, so you, then can you can enjoy life it. when you're so seventy. So you can
2: get hit by a bus when <laughs> you're forty-five.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. or you get, get killed walking your dog yeah. or, or whatever. Right. You know, yeah, so. it
2: is kind of a silly. Live your life thing that
3: we do. Chase your dreams, and you guys did it. I so think congratulations. It's great. I think so, it's a great so story. Starting a new farm and being
0: young and like without a big capital base i think right Mm -hmm. and uh, we're kind of surviving like year to year in a way or season to season almost and what are some of the like tell some listeners like what are the biggest challenges if you could say like three of the biggest challenges it has been to get off the ground and kind of get to where you're at farming right now
1: right do you eat kale three meals a day (laughs) Right. <laughs> have you had to
0: eat just like barley all winter because I mean, all your other crops failed? The no. really
2: nice thing about growing meat is that we have a well stocked freezer and we Excellent. have lots of eggs. So we yeah. we will never starve to death. Yeah.
4: Um like upfront capital is definitely a hard part. Number we've, one. We've uh, number overcome one, that huh? with uh uh we've been lucky to find some some good food friends and family as as kind of investors that's Just kind small of small private loans we, we're not real
2: comfortable going through the banks and that kind of stuff so and
4: yeah and it's also been hard to kind of uh we're looking at growth right and trying to grow our herds grow our flocks that kind of stuff and and reinvesting back into the business back into the farm but that doesn't leave a lot of liquid capital also sure. so trying to navigate that
2: challenge number yeah. 2 which is really specific to our situation is not having electricity at our farm.
4: Like none? Oh, we're farming well, in the 18th century. 19th so century. the first two seasons water? were really yeah.
2: <laughs> we use a we use Solar a pump? diesel generator. So
4: to pump well to water? part
2: to pump hey. out of the pond for irrigating we use a diesel tractor engine. Okay. For pumping out of the well we use a gas generator.
3: That's expensive. so. Does your house yeah. have
2: oh, yeah. water we, and electricity? So the house does not have water. It does have a sink and it's kind of piped out so i can like go get water and bring it in and wash my dishes in my house but there's no water that comes out of the faucet um electricity yes but it's a battery bank so we charge it with the generator and there are or some solar, solar panels, panels but they're you know so only so efficient here uh yeah um, and so we are getting electricity Dude, tr- no electricity yeah <laughs> wow okay it's coming though Ped came out and like marked oh marked i saw it out. that yeah, yeah. They, we have to have it in order power? to use that um it's no, overhead because we're in the oh. floodplain yeah oh. Oh. so they have to put it overhead but um, in order to use the mobile slaughter unit, Doesn't
0: make, we have what do to you have to put... To, they just moved all mine underground. So is that a cost? Are you?
2: I don't know. That's what they told us. Actually, we were. We, the owner of the farm was having going to have to go through um a big audit to see if it was like going to affect wildlife and stuff. But he that's got what I was going to ask. No is that a way. cost that
1: you guys have to bear? No,
2: the owner is... is putting it in and i mean it's a really good investment for the property like he needs it to irrigate his pastures sure. and the vegetable yeah. farmers really need it so
4: like you said i mean diesel running a diesel yeah. pump is really expensive, expensive. Yeah. yeah and 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 i mean kind of ethically and environmentally um kind of uh hydroelectric in which we have lots of here in washington is a lot better off sure than kind of diesel do you think that the
0: How many amps are you getting with this power? I mean, not to get too technical, but like every farmer out there that's listening to this wants to know how many amps you're going to have to work with.
2: I don't know how many amps it is. For
0: what? You're getting a 200 amp panel put in off the service panel.
4: Oh, uh, I, it's three phase power coming into the farm. Three phase power. Yeah, he, that's, that's why he to had to fight oh, for yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to fight for three phase. Yeah, yeah. they didn't
2: want to give it to him, but he's gonna be irrigating so much land out there that he, yeah. you know, he's like, yeah. I have to have that. So yeah. that's
0: very expensive to bring yeah. in three
4: phase power. Yeah, which so He has to bring in. T-
0: poles bring it in and everything. Yeah, Six we have poles to have now, poles. and
4: then. But the neighbor, I mean, PUD put. Put poles out into the middle of his field, and they're currently not being used. They haven't been used for the last ten years. They put the poles in twenty years ago. I and think it was like in
2: the seventies. Put
4: them in for free. Yeah, well, times um, are different now. Yeah, times are just. Oh different. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh,
0: Jesse's dad. He works for PUD, so we got to make sure uh-huh. he can have a good
3: retirement.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: yep,
4: yep, yep, so, uh, but give <laughs> away those poles for free.
3: Put in a good it's word be for a us. Really good <laughs> Those poles don't grow on trees, you know. Those oh, poles are trees.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute.
3: <laughs> uh, t-
4: tell us what kind of food you use to feed your animals uh, So, let's see Like chickens Right, most things are um, All the ruminants eat just grass So okay. cow, sheep, goats They're they're on pasture all year um, And, and, then, all winter, in and then, then all winter They're yeah. fed okay. hay, which we grow um, Pigs and chickens are fed um, Non-GMO certified um, Washington grown feed From different sources, are you getting that? No, we get it from a
2: mill actually in Spokane. Okay. So we don't, we haven't really gotten to growing a lot of our own grain down there yet because most of that pasture is used for the cattle and the hay. It's
4: also really hard to dry out grain on the side of the mountains. I'm sure it gets
2: moldy. so. So, but we have a good source. It's um, it's non GMO and it's corn and soy free, which is because it's non GMO. There's a whole different okay. conversation about
0: like corn soy. Yes. There
4: is it's too yeah. hard to source. Yeah, and peas and yeah. things it's like that. It's mostly barley and field peas. So mm. which grow really well in Washington. And yeah, the chickens like to eat that. Yeah. Oh, chickens. And we use the same down.
2: the same supplier for all of our grain. So the pigs are also fed grain. But we also have really good we have some really good connections. There's also a food bank farm that operates down there. And the pastor who runs it lives in Redmond, and he goes to the Redmond Food Bank and picks up waste bread from them that we give to the pigs. And it's usually really high quality, like whole loaf, like nice bread.
0: We get some of that, but a lot of it's
2: the loaves that are in paper sheets. Like French bread and sourdoughs
1: and the fresh bread you would get out of a bakery at Whole Foods or Safeway. And it's stuff
2: that they can't give out, so they would have to put in the landfill. So the pigs eat that. And then we also get um, waste grain from a local brewery. And I have a guy I'm going to try and get some waste milk from also because pigs love that stuff. Okay,
1: so Andrew, really quick, I'm just going to say I did a little bit of Facebook snooping before you guys oh. came on the show. Stalking. stalking. stalking.
0: <laughs> creeping,
1: whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it snooping, but I liked your page, so therefore it wasn't creeping, stalking, or yeah. snooping.
0: Give and take. Right.
1: Tell me about this tricking, chicken tractor. Uh, the
0: Dirty Cultivator is a creeper online, though. He definitely like looks all across the country at all farms, and he just would look and look and
1: look. And Let's look. listen about Andrew's oh. chicken tractor.
2: <laughs> okay. So you're probably talking about the big red one that I posted pictures of, yes. right? Yes, yeah, That's The, the one on your
1: Facebook nice. page. That's our that mobile hen, hen house. One. I'm talking about yeah the eggmobile I like that. Yeah. So you have a
0: bunch of those around the farm.
1: Uh, no. so this is the
4: this one I built built for the, for the egg layers. Yeah, this batch of egg layers, I overbuilt it probably. So I think capacity is probably something like 300 hens. Oh, um, it has an open bottom, which means that their manure goes directly on the field. I never have to deal with manure, which is great. No it's, kidding,
1: chicken poop stinks. It has
4: a rain catchment on it that feeds uh, those chicken nipples. Um, like the little waterers. So uh, you... yeah, it's chickens it... have nipples. Oh, <laughs>
3: water bottle has
4: the
1: nipple. You Jesse.
4: yeah, so it's something I've some... never I mean...
1: seen a chicken nipple. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I don't even remember the dimensions at the moment. It's something like it's ten by big. twenty. Um, there's it's enough room really nice. space for something like 300 birds. There's... You haul that around with a little baby tractor. Or... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little 3,400. Uh, so... so it's
1: like half the size of the house. It's nice. Right. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. yeah is it yeah, the yeah. same
4: size as your no. actual cabin? No. 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 no, no. no. Which is a better
0: house, the cabin or the chicken tractor?
2: Well, I don't know. They, they have water.
0: Almost identically <laughs> 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 They both don't have electricity. They have and they water. No, they have. What about
3: your uh, cabin? Does it have an open floor too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. So do you, how slow do you drive? So you just cruise oh, so and, they, the and they do their thing? And the night before,
4: so chickens naturally kind of put themselves away at night, right? Um, so they go to bed as soon as the sun sets. Um, we come out. We shut the doors. Um, the next morning we wake up shortly after sunrise um, and we... Um, take down their kind of perimeter fencing, which is just kind of an electric net, um, and hook it up to the tractor. You, It doesn't matter how fast you go because all the chickens are inside. Yeah. Coyote- but, I mean. I'm sorry, coyotes haven't figured out. They don't have any electricity <laughs> to run their electric It's fencing. true.
2: Actually, we have chargers, but we aren't using any. But this, they don't seem to, like, bother the net. So, I don't know, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. Also, yeah. Another problem huh. solved with electricity.
4: Most of them go to bed pretty early, though, and the coyotes come out later.
2: Well, and the, like the benefit of living there on the farm is we hear the coyotes, oh, yeah. so we shine light on them. And actually, the the funny they... thing happened the the other week. We have a big um, husky; he's half husky, and like, he's always interested in the coyotes. So we sent him out to go chase the coyote, and he actually caught the coyote.
4: Oh, because oh. the coyote
2: got kind of stuck, and then they just they played.
4: They frolicked. They frolicked <laughs> and Ran they around.
2: jumped and they yipped, and the coyote was like kind of trying to get him to like go with him. So
3: all oh, the could wild, get, if you could get those two to make, like, oh, you used man. to be free used uh, to be living with
0: the dog's letters.
2: But he's actually a quarter wolf. So now, that's part see, of the problem. See, people pay big
3: money for a, a third wolf, third
4: no. husky, third coyote. No,
2: I want a they dog can that will kill. can talk we'll all kill.
4: too. <laughs> <laughs> can no, talk wolf and coyote. Seriously, being serenaded by the coyotes every night is, is a beautiful thing. It is. It's so amazing how Close, they come to my house, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. They'll be like in my yard almost. You can just look outside and they're like howling. right It's there amazing,
2: the unless you have 600 chickens, That's what right? I'm worried about. Then it's <laughs> a little frightening, another, right? Another
0: problem that the Dirty Cultivator had when I had chickens was weasels, they would get yeah. in yeah. the 10 house,
2: yeah, and just, yeah, I
4: mean, just cause havoc. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll kill we kill have on lots night. of open pasture and i think that the the small little weasels are are kind of afraid to venture across that yeah they like space. to hide yeah, yeah. we've yeah. only had one so, weasel
2: problem and it was because our we had it too close to some shrubs you know, they're kind of like
0: bears once they get a taste of human food they always keep coming back for it as yeah. soon as that weasel gets a taste of chicken yeah. oh yeah it's like anything else in the pasture isn't good enough yeah. anymore chicken meat is the best right. and it's usually just the head and part of it right yeah.
2: they, they suck they the blood out, the out of the door. neck yeah oh gosh
1: yeah, those
4: yeah. Things are terrible we, yeah, we're surrounded by natural space. So that's good. a lot of rabbits seem like they're content with coyotes for now or rabbits. Coyotes, yeah, are content with rabbits. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent.
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a, we do have a, a commercial break to get to, but we do, I but do want we you guys to actually pitch your one more time. Let us know how we can get a hold of you, how people can find your farm online.
2: Yeah. So you can go to our website. That's bright eyed Remember that I D E we have a Facebook page and, uh, brighteyedacres at gmail.com. You can find all of our contact info on our website, including a map to the farm. And we do have that egg stand going on now, Tuesdays from 1 to 7. Um, we're right across the street from Bob's Corn, so a lot of people know where Bob's Corn is. So. And
3: right then uh, what markets are you doing?
2: We're going to be doing the Edmonds Farmer's Market, and that starts June 20th.
3: June Good 20th. Farmer's Market. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. We're excited. All right, guys, and so uh, we have a, a, a little special sponsor this week. Are you trying to keep us on time, Jesse? No, no, no. I'm just making conversation. He would never uh, do just such a thing. Just making a conversation. I just want to hear about this fantastic sponsor we have. Uh, we do have a great, fantastic sponsor this week. Tell me more. Well, hey, Carrie. May is one of the
0: best months to garden, landscape, and find the, f- find the best of the seasonal crops from your local farmers.
1: No kidding. I love this cute little place in Arlington called Garden Treasures Nursery and Organic Farm.
0: I bet you didn't know that Garden Treasures also has a CSA program. You pick, and over 20 greenhouses to keep the farm stand stocked.
1: So that's like a one-stop shop to buy all Farm Direct?
0: Yep, that's right. And all our plants are sourced locally, too. And we produce all the baskets and 90% of the certified organic vegetable starts.
1: I bet right now is a great time to get your warm weather crops in the ground.
0: You bet, Carrie. We have squash, mixed greens, beans, peppers, kales, and chards. In fact, right now we have large tomato starts regularly, regularly priced at $6 each or on sale, 4 for 20
1: That sounds really awesome. Where are you located exactly?
0: Well, we're just one half mile east of the great I-5 freeway, exit 208 in Arlington.
1: No kidding. You're really that close. Just three exits north of the Tulalip Casino? That's an easy drive from North Seattle, Snohomish County, or beyond.
0: Keep shopping local and show your support to local farmers. Thanks for shopping at Garden Treasures, Nursery, and Organic Farm.
3: Well hey. done, guys. That, well. That, that I-5 is a great freeway. I love the <laughs> I-5 freeway. It's such a great <laughs> avenue for
0: comrades in our it's country. all the way down to uh, Mexico. It really does. And all the way to... Great Canada yeah. as well.
2: It's not that far from here. As well.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, but I love Canada. No, Canada's great. Canada's oh, a great Canada. place.
0: If I can be Canadian
3: every time I travel, um... I am Canadian when I'm in
0: foreign countries. Do you have that? Except for fake, my passport. Do you have
1: that fake maple leaf pen you He's put on your face. I do and
0: I have a I show my Canadian leaf tattoo I have on my forearm really? it says I am Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Canada pride, you know. (laughs) A?
3: No, they have it figured out up there, that's for sure. That's
0: right. Um, They treat their farmers right up there. I mean, we're talking high prices, low international competition, Hmm. and a great avenue for farming. Is that
1: because no one buys Canada's tomatoes?
0: Well, it's it's actually because uh, they don't produce hardly any of the food for their own population, so they have all these tariff imports in place to make sure that the food that they do create, like right next to the border with the united states is kind of like the food belt of the of canada and it's very small where the united states is a food belt
1: so it's like canada from washington to north dakota next to
0: the united states that's the food belt and the entire country of the united states is the food belt
1: so it's like from washington to north dakota that's where everything's going to canada
0: no everything grows within within the border and 15 miles north of the border all of the food is produced across all of canada
1: so they don't eat tomatoes or peppers?
0: Yes, they eat that, but it's produced in that 15 miles. The whole rest of the country is just ice.
1: <laughs> and oil wells. <laughs> ice. Yeah, so, ice,
0: man. Have you ever been to ice, Northwest ice Territories? Ice, You ever watched the movie no, Jack why London? why would I ever go there? Read the book Jack London? Hiking through the snow? Jack
1: London wrote the book. I'm
3: pretty sure the movie <laughs> was White
1: Call, of the, White Call of the
3: Wild.
2: There's a couple of them.
3: I think They're yeah, all good and right. they're all cold, right. man. Yeah No I've been to Alaska so. It's similar Very similar <laughs> Very similar Yeah
2: I, I think he was writing About Alaska wasn't he
0: Well they started <laughs> in content. Alaska But then they had to go To Canada to the Klondike Oh right Yeah, yeah. And so Anyway we were, have a, we have So a, these <laughs> were Americans We're a little off
1: topic <laughs>
3: Just yes. harvest the it?
0: gold. Yep.
1: Illegal immigrants.
3: <laughs> illegal immigrants. It's a story all immigrants. day
1: long. No, it it story sounds very day challenging. Day
3: and speaking of challenges, that's right. We
1: do have a challenge
3: going on right now on the Dirty
0: Cultivator podcast show. And this one is Carrie's favorite. So go ahead, Carrie.
1: I do. How many vegetables did you eat today? I ate... <sighs> name them off. I want to hear them. Peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> that's a vegetable, right?
0: <laughs> I ate a chili, pepper, and onions with my... Spicy teriyaki. Oh,
3: that's what I had. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Teriyaki.
2: Was it ethically grown so, teriyaki? Teriyaki
0: has soy. That's a vegetable. Soy. <laughs> onions. <laughs> chili peppers. Chili peppers. Onions.
1: Wait, you get to count the soy in the sauce? Well, technically, it comes from a bean, which is vegetable. I mean, so. Right. Yes, mm, that's yes. a stretch.
3: Um, rice, well, brown rice? Not a vegetable. That's a grain. <laughs> that's a grain. <laughs> so... <laughs> i wasn't Wait, sure how, how are you
1: doing so how <laughs> right are you there, doing bright-eyed. how are you doing misha how are you doing on your 100 vegetable challenge like are you meeting your three vegetables a day right because that's eight, pretty
0: right eight vegetables a day this is the contest this is not just eat your average vegetables this no is three contest. per
1: serving like breakfast lunch dinner so that's actually nine. or you could
0: just eat all eight of them together for awesome That's stir kind drive. of
1: what we did for dinner tonight. That was kind of what my family did for dinner this evening.
0: You already had dinner? Yes. Wow. That's impressive. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm going to have some of those cow-cut onions with my dinner tonight, so that will get me up to four. I know. And, and yes, I got to get on my challenge, too. This is mm-hmm. a real challenge, and I should be the number one participant. Are
2: there we a should. lot of other participants?
0: Well... We want to hear about it. There hasn't been any on social media anyway, but I'm sure lots of listeners out there are already challenged um, out there getting their vegetables in, and they just haven't had time with, you know, how busy they are eating the vegetables to actually post this (laughs) stuff online. (laughs) I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah, and
3: everybody's busy, and it's hard enough to eat your vegetables, let alone eight per day mm. so, so if brown rice is a grain then oatmeal is probably a grain too right right yes.
1: but you could have put Damn your, it. you, you could, could have put, put, put some put, kale in you there you could have had grits yeah. instead I had blueberries. that's from
4: corns uh-huh. that yeah but that's dry corn so it's still a grain. corn is a grain oh
1: man oh but
4: after it's been cooked it's not dry anymore it's turned back <laughs> into a vegetable right yeah <laughs> uh, i think field corn versus sweet corn okay well sorry
1: I'm saying corn. All right, well, what radishes, turnips
4: are easy to eat right now. I haven't had dinner yet. Cow-cut
1: no. onions. Is you it like avocado? One That's what my breakfast one? was. Was avocado? Yeah, a radish would count as one vegetable. One like radish. That's Eat radishes. You
2: can, so, yeah. eat, eat, you can radishes. eat
1: vegetables for breakfast too. I just want people to French know that. Breakfast yeah. radish.
2: Oh yeah. Avocado is a fruit. Just so you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so tomatoes no. so ah. Tomatoes don't count either eh, and so,
1: Tomatoes nah. how To clarify How technical are we going to be on this challenge?
4: The challenge is 100 servings of vegetables In the right. month of May Which yeah. we're
1: going to count tomatoes but and avocados Equals
0: about 9 per day and it's not servings; it's just you have to eat like a hundred vegetables yep. during that month. Okay. So you could have a, a stir fry with a bunch of different ones in there and tackle all nine at the same time. Post that picture to the Dirty Cultivator Instagram or Facebook I should have done page.
1: that. I should have taken a picture because my daughters and I you made are this. really
0: slacking on. Your, I am totally slack.: You are a co-administrator. Carrie on the K, K. The page. slacker. <laughs> slacking on social media.
1: Totally. You're not, too busy looking for like per day different that, kinds of like days.
3: What 100, 100 vegetables yeah. Who came up with this challenge? <laughs> what 9, Nine per, day. per day, that's 10 days You get 100 <laughs>
1: I told you it was 3, <laughs> I, three I said it was 3 He argued hey, with me
3: I never said I was an expert at <laughs> math I said I'm an
4: expert at growing vegetables Hey, we're a week into May So maybe he's just like making six. up for lost time yeah, So yeah, with like, 3, I'm, I'm hammering this thing Exponential, three exponential teriyaki, notation oh, You're hammering happening. this thing If right. you're starting now you should start with maybe five a day and you might make it. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah. So if you're just starting now, yeah, you only have to eat five. And the hashtag So we're good hundred vegetable challenge yeah. is the hashtag, right? So post your picture with the hashtag Hundred Veggie Challenge. Hundred hashtag veggie hundred challenge. Okay. Hashtag hundred veggie challenge. Hashtag hundred veggie challenge. We can all there remember that, right? And we can say it ten times fast. But we're not going to do that. You know what? We I, do what's that. the we're gonna answer? We're not going to do that to the loyal listeners out there and make them struggle through that. What's the answer? The answer is the answer to the aphrodisiac vegetable that was outlawed for consumption by women in the 1600s is. Is it? Does anybody not know this? That's at the table right now.
1: I know it. I knew it.
3: And Jesse I mean, doesn't know any vegetables. No, so. but I I looked at it. You looked ahead? Well, I didn't look ahead. We're there now. I just know. Oh. It says trivia answer. Okay. And,
4: and <laughs> you guys I knew oh yeah, it, you basically knew where the aphrodisiac in California. Right. I didn't
2: know the aphrodisiac history. I just knew oh, the okay. thistle flower bud bit.
4: I had some survive in the winter. I composted them pretty heavy and That's yeah. awesome, man. Mine yeah. come yeah. back
1: every year. Mine Do they? I have one I call her Big Mama. Big
4: mama <laughs> sandy soil? just
1: rocky Actually, he calls it sandy. Artichokes love it's technically poor soil conditions. rocky. that's the answer by the
2: way I think <laughs> and that protect
0: was the them first. in the winter is oh, the yeah. real answer artichokes. around here you like artichokes. it was oh, a good yeah. winter to overwinter them this last winter of course yeah but an overwintered artichoke will produce so many artichokes oh that no human that's right and then, that the oh, that's and then I take the babies that's
1: exciting then I take the babies and them separate out. them out because you can separate out from yeah. the bottom of the plant yeah. and now I have like this whole beautiful border Mm.
0: And they make great uh, cut flowers too. If yeah. you let them flower out, they're beautiful, why large would you purple flowers Why do that? <laughs>
1: because it they're why? huge. Flours. No, because they're, they're tasty.
2: delicious. Yeah,
0: they are. Oh, they are. So tasty. does everybody? We haven't said what it is yet. Yeah, we just we said we it, said like it 10 a couple times. times. Man, artichoke, <laughs> artichoke, artichoke. Artichokes.
3: artichokes is the answer to this week's trivia. Yep. So well done if you guys got that, guys. We are running a little a little long here. um, Um, so uncle jesse's supposed to keep us on time that's right i've I've blown it again
0: uh, and i personally the dirty cultivator thank each and every one of you for downloading subscribing and listening to our awesome garden show we can't make it happen without loyal listeners out there and get the word out that's the best way to get a show like ours off the ground is tell your friends and neighbors tell your other podcast friends and people that listen to podcasts about our show and how awesome it is and how local it is here to the seattle area and it's a great topic, so everybody likes to eat. So I don't know why you wouldn't like to listen to our podcast. <laughs> why yeah. would you not want to? Yeah. Why would you not want to? And you'd, you could listen to the radio, but you're going to be listening to, to basically large media. And you're going to be listening to large media commercials. And we have these awesome small commercials here. Yeah, because right that's Acres, not awesome what we're farm. trying
1: to sell you. That's right.
0: We're, we're just not. trying to sell we're. our story. And our story is local food grown by people who care. Yep, there yeah. you go.
4: Absolutely. Right. That's it.
3: Yeah, and thanks for Bright Eyed for coming. You guys, that was awesome. I love you guys' story. Really cool. Inspiring. Thanks. Yes. And
0: don't forget thanks. to contact
3: them on Facebook, of course, and uh, via Gmail.
0: And that's Bright Eyed Acres with an I-D-E. Yep. And at gmail you're really busy on, uh, or on dot Facebook com. too I notice. So. yeah
2: I do I like to post lots of pictures you know, people love of, pictures of oh. animals and yeah. it's
0: so easy for you guys to post your pictures of those baby animals online. <laughs> like everybody is gonna like everybody that everybody likes that like it's so like I can post a million pictures of vegetables online everybody's like ooh, ooh yeah ooh. nobody says right. to Mark's like, kale oh, how cute. oh it's so
1: cute right. it's so cute these time of year like <laughs>
0: Yeah, the only thing about posting my baby vegetable pictures that I really like is that when I post my baby vegetable pictures, the fields are always clean of weeds. Yeah, <laughs> Aww, <laughs> nice. Yeah. How cute! It Glad is kind of that, cute. But... To, to farmers, it is cute to look at a field less with
3: less weeds.
2: Yeah, it's not <laughs> cute. It's amazing.
3: Well, uh, you can definitely find uh, the Dirty Cultivator on Twitter at Dirty Cultivator, That's Facebook right. at The Dirty Cultivator, That's right. Facebook, Instagram at The Dirty Cultivator. We love Instagram at The Dirty Cultivator. We're generously and freely distributed on a variety of podcast apps for Android and your smartphones and tablets. Give us a review. Of course, iTunes, subscribe so you get the, yep. uh, the freshest uh, uh, episode as soon giving, as it comes giving
0: out. Giving us those reviews really helps get our awesome podcast out to other listeners, too. That's how iTunes ranks podcasts by how many reviews and how many downloads it gets. And the reviews are worth more than the downloads. So review our show, and we will jump the charts.
1: Yeah, yeah, let us know. And we like can it.
0: get our awesome information out to more That's and more right. people across the country and across the whole entire world. We have listeners on every continent now. That's right. Woohoo! Wow. Thank you, international listeners. You are uh, equally loyal and awesome and listeners. And give us
1: your reviews.
0: Give us your international review. Our friends in Australia. My, Japan, yeah, my mom's in Australia. Africa. I'll make sure she
2: uh, gets on that.
0: That's right, and, uh, and that will also boost our, if, if your mom downloads <laughs> us from Australia, we'll also be up in the iTunes charts because nice. we have these international downloads, All right. <laughs> yeah. which makes it, we have this awesome, we just have an awesome show. I've said awesome so many times. I might yeah. well say it, it was kind of
1: like me on episode one with absolutely. That's right. <laughs>
3: That's absolutely right. awesome, guys. Great show.
1: Great so show. absolutely. Until next time, eat well, be well.
2: Oh, my tagline: Ethically raised meat, better nutrition, better flavor, better peace of mind.
0: Bright-eyed Acres, your local source to the best organic chicken.
2: Oh no, it's not certified organic. Oh, <laughs>
0: your <a> source, <laughs> of
2: transitional. The best. No, it's
0: non. <laughs> it's ethically raised organic. Ethically raised, sustainable, go. better than organic. Yeah, pastured so she beyond can't, organic. Okay, time out.
1: Chicken. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this for just one second. So she can't call it transitional chicken. It's not transitional. No, it's not. Transition. It's a whole different ball, a ball game label. to do organic yeah. meat. Transitional is the label. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's a certification. Pastured works. Yeah. pastured,
0: ethically raised, natural, happy chickens, grown by people who really are passionate about creating Healthy. a new career in agriculture. If they can. Support that can bring healthy food for generations to come. Right. If you're questioning, I mean,
4: come out, see the farm, yeah, ask that's us what questions. We like. Good answer, I mean, good, good these answer. The, these people know the stuff. So. We'll we'll be organic certification. I mean, who needs that? Well, it's different. But wholesalers, government, wholesalers. Yeah, that's right. Come on out and see
3: it. the farm, guys.
0: See where your food's coming from, and uh, from the dirty cultivator, helping us all become better growers and consumers of fine local produce. Signing off for now.
3: This is The Dirty Cultivator. Episode 28, folks. That's a wrap.